0: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. This is a bonus episode of the Florida Matters podcast. I'm Matthew Petty. The choice of candidates for Republican voters in the presidential preference primary has dwindled to just two former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, and former President Donald Trump, the frontrunner in the race. Now that was not what Florida voters, and especially supporters of Governor Ron DeSantis, would have expected eight months ago when he launched his presidential campaign. DeSantis had a huge amount of campaign cash and political capital within the Republican Party. He had momentum from a comprehensive victory in his re-election as governor, and grabbed national attention with a series of culture war policies targeting immigration, education, and LGBTQ plus rights but it all came crashing down after the Iowa caucuses and to explain why and what it means for Florida voters and lawmakers who had anticipated a legislative session with DeSantis out of town on the campaign trail we turned to Matt Dixon I spoke to him via zoom Matt Dixon is an NBC national political reporter he's also the author of Swamp Monsters which is a political biography of the battle between former president Donald Trump and Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. Matt, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So with DeSantis dropping out of the presidential preference primary after the Iowa caucuses, when you think about this and reflect back to last May when DeSantis launched his campaign, would you have expected this to happen at this
1: stage? No. I think that the idea that he could lose to former President Trump in a primary is very much something that people thought could happen and, and to some degree expected, but if we go back to that moment in time when he he had won re-election in November of 2022, he had America's governor—that was his, his nickname. He had more money than the rest of the presidential field combined, and a ton of momentum going into what we all thought was going to be a presidential election cycle that that was going to feature him as, as, if not the front runner, among the front runners. So to watch it sort of collapse so quickly and spectacularly on the national stage is not something I, I had expected at that moment in time when this all started. He seemed to have the perfect recipe for running in a presidential primary and, you know, the best laid plans. And, and Donald Trump came back with, you know, and, and especially after he was indicted four times, that really energized his political base. Whether you, you know, agree or disagree with, with whether that should energize a political base, the reality of the moment is it did. And after the indictments were in play, it seemed like it was nearly sort of impossible to run against Trump in, in any effective way.
0: Just the timing of DeSantis announcing his campaign and waiting until quite a few months after, as you say, he had that riding that wave of momentum right after the gubernatorial election. Why do you think he waited so long?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really good point and can't be overstated that between his re-election and when he actually announced in late May, it was six months. I mean, he he sort of not only wasn't running for president in, in those moments, but he was actively downplaying or brushing off questions about it. So really kind of stepping on his own kind of re-election momentum, if you will. And the rationale for it at the time, you know, seemed to make sense. It, they claimed and they said that they had polling data that indicated that President Trump's support with Republican voters was, quote, soft. The idea being that on paper that Republicans are telling pollsters they support President Trump, but there wasn't a lot of intensity to it. So what they were they were trying to do is, you know, there was a legislative session during that period of time. And he was focused on that, passing his policy portfolio and his platform and sort of getting that through the legislature and sort of doing the blocking and tackling of being a governor. And their idea being, you know, hey, of course, one day we're going to run for president. But for right now, let's not go into attack mode. Let's let's not acknowledge the rumors. Let's keep our head down and do our day job. And if we do that well, and if we pass policies that the trump base, MAGA, America First, whatever you like to call it, if we pass policies they like, they're going to gradually come towards us. We don't need to be aggressive right out of the gate. And I think it'll ultimately go down as being one of the the bigger miscalculations early on that Governor DeSantis' team made.
0: Mm -hmm. So what does this now mean for Florida voters, Republicans in Florida and DeSantis' home state? won't even be able to cast a ballot for DeSantis, although there could presumably be some write-ins. But what does this all mean for them?
1: I mean, it it means that, that the Florida Republican Party or the Florida Republicans, it's Donald Trump's party. I know Ron DeSantis leads the state as governor, but for the most part, any indicator when you look at Florida Republicans, be it just... The the electorate, the primary electorate itself or the formal Republican Party of Florida, which is the title of the actual statewide party, everyone in in unison is now, you know, holding hands and behind former President Trump, the formal Republican Party of Florida plans on voting next month to formally endorse him, whether the primary is over or not. There had been infighting, you know, between Trump supporters and DeSantis supporters. Some months ago, as they tried to, you know, figure out the direction of the party and who they were going to, you know, at least quietly align with, that is effectively gone. And and the Republican Party of Florida, you know, in this moment in time belongs to to Trump.
0: Mm -hmm. What about the impact on the legislative session then? I mean, how different will this be with DeSantis and Tallahassee rather than
1: out on the primary campaign trail? Yet to be seen because we're about halfway through, and and it is important to note the stark contrast between the past, let's say maybe two legislative sessions versus this one. Going into the past, two DeSantis, even before session began, would hold you know daily big time, splashy press conferences to roll out his policy platform. He had a Republican-dominated legislature that wanted to take those policies that the governor was forcibly advocating for and make them law. The most Republican lawmakers here didn't want to stand in the way of a home state governor as he tried to run for president. So he's really dominated the session conversation, the legislative conversation in recent years. And right now in, in Tallahassee, there's a, a bit of a, a power vacuum. And that's not because Ron DeSantis is gone, obviously, but he's been in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina. He's been focused elsewhere, so it's just a much different feel and, and sort of a much different pace. Whether he comes back this legislative session, which is now half over, and you know the character of session is already starting to take shape, and, and, and forces these guys to, to do things you know that they might not want to do, is yet to be seen. But I do think in his final two, and it's important to remember, he's got two more legislative sessions. He's not remotely close to being done as governor, I think the guy we see in the future is going to certainly resemble the the guy we've seen the past few years as far as being a more forceful governor. Uh, I think that guy will return. I just don't know if it's going to be immediate, I guess, because we're already a few weeks into session.
0: Do you get the sense that he might still have his sights on another tilt at the White House?
1: Yeah, I think without question, he and his his advisors see 2028 as very much a reality. And certainly something they want to do. They have to figure out how to you know, undo some of the damage they've, they've done with Republican voters. And by damage, I simply mean running against and picking fights with President Trump, who very much returned the favor by regularly insulting him and near daily giving him sort of new nicknames and, and really whacking him around as President Trump tends to do so i think right now there are trump voters who don't like ronda santos even if they did previously and he's gonna have to work to fix those relationships if he wants to but at the end of the day he still has spent years advocating for public policy that the conservative you know, Republican primary electorate really likes. Mm-hmm. And if he can fix a few things with his campaign that notably did not go as well as he he thought it would, I think he certainly has the makings of someone who could run again in 2028. And I, I certainly think that's where they see themselves going.
0: What about the background to this hostile relationship between Trump and DeSantis? I mean, how far back beyond the start of DeSantis' presidential campaign does
1: that actually go? I think almost from the beginning. Uh, governor DeSantis was elected in 2018. And we have stories in the the book I've written, of going back to 2016, 2017 area, where the, the two camps quietly and behind the scenes sort of had some tension and, and weren't exactly always on the same page. They did a really good job when DeSantis was elected of working together as president and governor. Florida got all the federal money it requested. And there was this forward-facing projection of, of two very, very close political allies. And to some extent, they were. But if you peel back the onion just a little bit, I think there was always a bit of mistrust. It wasn't as though that the two were besties and having picnics in the park together. It was it was sort of a, a marriage of, of political convenience. And for a while, I, I think that went very, very well until DeSantis decided that he wanted the same goal as Trump. And, and that's the White House. And that's when things really changed drastically.
0: Mm-hmm. What about the influence of Governor DeSantis on the Republican Party kind of beyond the state of Florida. I mean, you you talked about the party as being the party of Trump, but has DeSantis had some kind of impact on the ideology of the Republican Party in some ways?
1: Without question, I mean when Trump got engaged again at the presidential level, he really did take over again quickly, but he took over a party that looked a little bit different because Ron DeSantis had, you know, two years of a moment in the sun and in this national presence. And a lot of that can be seen in how, you know, Republicans now view things like COVID and the vaccine. There's, you know, vaccine skepticism that I think was driven a lot by by Governor DeSantis. And then sort of the acronyms that have always existed in the background, but we haven't seen them as a main Mainstream part of political conversation like DEI and ESG and some of the acronyms that are associated with with political culture wars. Ron DeSantis put those on a much much bigger pedestal, made them made them national issues, made them sort of things that if you run as a, in a Republican primary, if you run as a Republican, even down to you know a state house or a state senate or congressional level, if you're going to get conservative votes, those are issues you both need to be fluent in and support in the right way. And that that was I, I think a byproduct of, of Ron DeSantis amplifying them to to a, a national audience within the party that we had not seen before, and so Trump came back and really has taken over the party. But some of the the focuses and the messages of, of Ron DeSantis are still still embedded in that party.
0: Although things like you know DEI and ESG and some of those other slightly more esoteric acronyms, I think there were signs when he was out campaigning in those primary states that they weren't really registering with the voters they're like what are you talking about
1: well i mean i I think part of that was against the backdrop of of donald trump being in the race i mean at to a certain point for the past several months this isn't even a a feature of just the the past few weeks when when things really fell apart i mean it was clear where the trend lines were going the party was still with donald trump so i'm not sure because the focus on on those issues worked so incredibly well for desantis for Gosh, two years, basically the two or three years post pandemic, the only moment, the only ecosystem in which they fell flat with with base voters is one that also included Donald Trump as a political enemy. So I think there is a feature of Donald Trump just still being sort of the the biggest character, the biggest draw in the party, and no matter what Ron DeSantis or anyone else could say, even if it's things that speak to the Republican base, they just weren't going to break through in a really uh, a material way against the guy who, you know, had had assumed the throne again.
0: Mm hmm. Hypothetically, Nikki Haley drops out of the race at some point in this primary, potentially before South Carolina. So with that in mind, with Haley out, what does that now mean for Florida voters in this
1: GOP presidential preference primary? Yeah, I mean, the primary, she's still in, but the primary is functionally over already. So I don't think by the time it gets to Florida in March, there's really going to be much of a, a choice left. We already some degree seeing the Biden campaign and Democrats have started to campaign a little bit more in their messaging. They were very Democrats haven't really been campaigning as they sort of let the primary process play out the trump folks are definitely focused more on biden than they you know have been in recent weeks so i think right now we're already kind of you know if not officially we're we're functionally entering the the general election and certainly all those states including florida are still going to take their votes but there's certainly a choice left i guess i don't want to say there's not a choice but the decisions have functionally been made by the Republican Party that they know who their nominee is going to be, even if, you know, a whole bunch of states haven't voted yet because the field has, has you know, pretty much doesn't have anyone left who's even remotely competing with the former president. I think the thing that everyone should keep their eye on is how DeSantis sort of reasserts himself as governor. Is it going to be the same forceful guy we've seen with an eye towards 2028 or something different? I tend to think it's going to be the same guy we have seen, but that's uh, certainly not, uh, it's not a, a set in stone environment. So I think watching how he becomes governor again, once he's off the campaign trail, is going to be something that everyone should keep their eye on. I do
0: wonder a little bit too, that the Republican Party in Florida and I guess in other states as well does seem to have a tendency of being able to coalesce around an idea or a person but there have been some cracks I suppose in the Republican Party of Florida just because of it seems because of this this feud between Trump and DeSantis and I wonder about that relationship between DeSantis and, and primarily those uh, GOP lawmakers in, in the state of Florida whether those relationships will be repaired or whether you see some kind of fractures continuing into the future
1: yeah I, I do think in order to repair relationships there has to be an appetite to repair them and i don't know that ronda Santos has has shown this sort of ability to to be contrite or to sort of go to anyone hat in hand and you know say i'm sorry basically um or or you know try to mend a broken relationship so I would suspect he, he's always been a leader that leads through through more stick than than carrot. So I would I would presume that a vast majority of the Republican legislature will still stick with him. They will say all very supportive things publicly, even if at times they're sort of worn out by his leadership and, and governing style. But I don't anticipate, um, even Republicans who support Trump at the presidential level, I don't anticipate there'd be some mass exodus of Republicans at the state level who, who no longer support the governor, at least publicly. They're going to continue to say the right things uh,
0: there we've been speaking with Matt Dixon NBC national political reporter and author of swamp monsters Trump versus DeSantis the greatest show on earth or at least in Florida Matt thanks so much for your time appreciate it thanks for having me I'm very appreciative And you can find more elections coverage on our website, WUSF.org. And throughout 2024, Florida Matters will be bringing you analysis of what the presidential election and other races mean for voters in the greater Tampa Bay region. Listen Tuesday nights at 6.30 on WUSF 89.7 FM or right here on the Florida Matters podcast. Thanks for listening.